Welcome back to the Vicious Cycle Podcast. This is your host, Kenton Gear. I'm uh, just doing a quick check-in. Uh, I'm going to answer a few more of your questions today, and I also have a couple issues that I wanted to talk about um, <clears throat> uh, going forward. So, uh, first of all, I really want to thank everybody who's been listening. I really, really appreciate it. I'm uh, really overwhelmed by the amount of people that have already started to follow my podcast. So a huge shout out to everybody. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm not really, not really sure uh, if it's just I'm hitting the right marks, if we're really hungry for content, or uh, people will just listen to anything. But whatever it is, I really appreciate the fact that you guys are listening. So thanks again for that. Uh, if you're listening on... Uh, Spotify or uh, iTunes or whatever, or Anchor, whatever your platform, if you could hit subscribe and like, that would be greatly appreciated. Um, Hopefully we can continue to grow our community and uh, more people will want to talk story with us about fishing um, and other related subjects. Um, I just can't thank thank you guys enough for uh, some of the messages I got. It really does mean a lot to me. So thank you. Uh, Shirts. I want to talk about shirts. My goodness, I had answered questions about getting Vicious Cycle shirts on my last podcast, and I, I'm getting out all those people I promised on air their shirts today, but moving forward, folks, I'm going to set up a, uh, a print-on-demand because, uh, unbelievably, after the last podcast, I got like 86 requests or 87 requests for more shirts. And I don't even have close to that on hand like that. I'm just overwhelmed. And and thank you very much. I feel very honored that people would want to wear shirts representing this man's fishing boat out in Hawaii. A lot of you guys, obviously, we've never met. And so that means a lot to me that you would uh, want to wear my beloved uh, fishing boat shirt. So I'm going to set something up because I am just overwhelmed in that and so thank you thank you give me a little bit of time on that um but all the people on the air last time that i promised i will get shirts out to you will in fact get shirts um the other thing i want to touch base on um i got some questions from the last podcast that i either kind of missed or they came in and they snuck in afterwards and i wanted to uh follow up one of them was kind of a hilarious one and so um Oh, well, okay, yeah, I'll ask. One of them came from my friend Kale. He said, would I rather have a time machine or a mind changer? This is a great question. Now, the uh, the, the, the hardcore fisherman in me says, oh, time machine. I want to go back and I would love to fish the oceans uh, when they were completely untouched. But then the older in me, uh, the older person in me says mind changer because – if I had a mind changer, rather than going back in time and going after the, uh, rather than going back in time and, 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 and just perpetuating the same cycle that we're in today of, of just go for it, I would say mind changer. And I think the reason for a mind changer, I would like to change the general consciousness of how people look at the fish on the plate in front of them. I just want everyone to really appreciate that that fish is most likely a wild resource or, um, or has gotten to the point where fish is farm raised because of um, issues in our fisheries. So I would say mind changer. I would love if I if I could change everyone's mind on one thing. I would hope that we could get on the same page as far as what is uh, sustainable 
and um, what is the worth of a wild caught product? I would, I would love to see that uh, seafood um, was not thought of as a cheap product, uh, not like a cheap, uh, not necessarily like a, a cheap canned good. Instead of thinking of of, of a wild product as as a, a affordable, I think I would prefer to see it thought of as a um, a higher end uh, food. And I don't mean higher end as far as like. You know, other people can't afford it, but I, I would like to see um, its value appreciated and perhaps we would consume it in that manner and uh, honor it a little bit better and in turn be able to uh, treat the uh, resource a little better. So I'm going to go with Mind Changer. And then I also thought, well, wouldn't it be cool to have a Mind Changer and a time machine because then you could go back in time and change people's minds before it got too late. But that's just not how it works out in this question. You get one or the other. I'm going to say mind changer, and hopefully we can change the general consciousness of what people think about uh, the seafood they're consuming before it's too late. The other question I got, and I've gotten this question before, and um, it said, how did I ever find the time to write a book? And uh, that came from Michael B. Well, Michael B., how did I ever find the time to write a book? Well, that's a great question, and the answer to that is I did it one page at a time. And what I mean by that is um, one thing you'll hear people say all the time because I've had several people reach out to me and, and they, you know, most of my following for you guys that are listening, if you don't know this already, most of my following that I've built is, is based on um, excerpts, like little, little things I started writing on, um, uh, started writing online to go with uh, some pictures I was taking and it really resonated with a lot of people out there what I was saying. And so, um, the way I found time to write a book was just page by page. And what I mean by that is the hardest thing anyone ever struggles with with writing, as far as I can tell, is just getting started. And let's do this for an example. Let's say that you wrote one page every day, okay? Well, at the end of the year, you'd have 365 pages. That's a big book. That's bigger than my first book. My first book is about 300 pages. And so the other thing you'll find that once you start writing, Okay, you're not going to write just one page a day, most likely, because once you get flow, it's like anything in life. Once you start to feel success, once you start to feel some momentum and rhythm, you're not going to be just writing one page. That that it will just snowball into one sentence becomes one paragraph, one paragraph becomes, you know, a whole page, a pa- multiple pages become a chapter, and the next thing you know, you have a book. So, I would say the most important part is just start writing. Now, that being said, there are definitely strategies to helping you. And uh, the other thing I hear people say all the time, they said, oh, I don't have time. I don't have time to do this. Okay, I can probably prove you wrong. If you right now can look on your iPhone or whatever you're listening at, and if you have any time spent on social media, any time at all, and it's not directly, directly converting into your work, you have time to write a book. The only thing that is stopping you is yourself. One thing I had to do during that time frame when I, when I committed to writing a book, I just cut out. I mean, sorry, Zuck, but uh, Mark Zuckerberg would, uh, would probably fucking cringe if he heard this advice, but fuck off Facebook for a while. If you need to take a break from Facebook because you find yourself fucking just wasting time scrolling through photos, getting those endorphins addicted to likes, uh, just get off Facebook. For me, like uh, 
I'll be the first to admit, kind of addicted to my phone when I'm on land. Um, I'm just, I love fish photos. I love the interaction. And also I have a really hard time not answering people's questions, which again goes back to this podcast that it is much easier for me to talk out the answers than write answers all day. I will, I'm happy to answer any question, fishing related, life related, anything I could possibly help you with. But um, I prefer these days, honestly, to answer it in the podcast because perhaps other people want to hear that same that same thing and then I can easily talk it out for you. So, uh, you know, just motion. Action is the most important part. Even if you don't know exactly the right direction, it's even like this podcast, okay? So like this podcast, I just started. I had kind of played with it back and forth and then in a short period of time, I lost several friends, like, and then I lost a person, a friend yesterday, not a super close friend, but somebody I really admired and I wanted on this podcast. His name was uh, Frank Petalina, and a lot of people know Frank um, from the White Marlin Open. He was uh, in, from Ocean City, Maryland, um, and he was just like a great soul. He was just like a really, really great guy. He had a, a charter boat with his father out there called The Last Call, and, um, you know, I gotta say, I have seen some tributes to people uh, online before, and uh, Frank, uh, the only other person I've ever seen that's had as many people leaving inspiring and wonderful memories is like a celebrity. Like it's just unbelievable. Talk about just a life well spent and just a real quality person. I'm really disappointed that he won't be on this show. I was fortunate enough to fish with Frank and his friend Brooke Dunville. Uh, on the Great Barrier Reef on a charter on the top shot many years ago. We had a great trip. I, I don't honestly remember how many we caught, but we caught some animals We and uh, caught some good fish. And one thing I do recall on that trip uh, that really stands out, because uh, Frank often talked about it, we had hooked a really, really big fish on that trip. And um, we had a little fish that got wrapped up in the line that was following around this really big fish, like the big female, and we had a, a little male. And I... And I remember all of a sudden we're fighting this, fighting this fish. And all of a sudden like a hundred pounder comes up wiggling out of the water and the line goes all over the place and then crack. The little one got wrapped up to it and broke off the big one. And I remember that was something that Frank uh, would mention every time I saw him. Uh, he, you know, that was something that always really stayed with him. And one thing that stayed with me about Frank was just kind of how infectious his smile was, quick with a drink. You know, every time I saw him, he always was inviting me, hey, let's go have a drink. Let's go talk story. And the last time I saw him was at the uh, White Marlin Open a few years ago. So big shout out to Frank. Um, yeah, Frank Petalina. I, uh, I'm not sure if I'm totally pronouncing his, his name right, but uh, his last name. But Frank was a great guy. Um, was lucky enough to fish with him. And as far as I can tell, by the overwhelming outpour, uh, a lot of people were really lucky to fish with him. You, I think he's one of those people, most people are going to say life was you know, life was better with him in his life, with, you know, with Frank in your life. So Frank, big shout out. I feel really blessed that um, I got to fish with you. Also super bummed that you won't be on this podcast. I really enjoyed our time together, although for the most part, it was short. Every time I saw you, it was, um, it was, it was a good time. That also just kind of really reiterates my fact that something I want to talk about is that I've reached out to a couple people about doing the podcast and then, you know, they've kind of said like, oh, I don't know. I think I'd be kind of boring. We don't have anything to talk about. You're wrong. You're totally wrong. Every person has a worthy story. Sometimes you just have to convince them 
that that's true. Every one of you guys has a worthy story, unquestionably. And especially if it's somebody that I've been talking to about fishing, um, it doesn't take long once you start talking fishing. The passion flows. You get over those nervous like uh, bumps in the beginning, and it easily starts flowing because anytime you're talking about things you love, instinctively, uh, your own passion will just completely take over the conversation and uh, you instinctively kind of forget that you are in this uncomfortable situation where someone's interviewing you. And that really, I I find that that really, um, that really comes through when you're having um, these types of conversations. So don't believe for a second that there's anybody who doesn't have a worthy story out there because um, they certainly do. Um, also, there is a, um, a magazine. I just had this link sent to me and uh, it was called Haikai Magazine, H-A-K-A-I Magazine, and they are doing a webinar on March 25th, 2021 at 11.30 their time, which I believe is Vancouver time in Canada. But if you check out their website, it's Haikai Magazine, and uh, they are doing a webinar on um, mental health and mental illness in the fisheries. And I wanted to make sure I got that out there. I'm going to do my best to attend as long as I'm not offshore. I've got some fishing coming up. But uh, that hits really close to home with me. Um, so many uh, fishermen face all kinds of stresses and, um, uh, you know, high fatigue, uh, you know, body like eternally tired, a lot of stress from different outside sources. So uh, from the write-up I saw, it looks like they're going to address uh, a lot of those types of issues. So I think if you're a fisherman um, – or perhaps you're in a, in a fishing family, you know a fisherman, it might be a good conversation to get involved with about, um, you know, things we can do, things we can look out for uh, as far as uh, mental health and uh, uh, mental, you know, fitness for our minds, um, especially working in an industry that does have so much stress and has so much, uh, so, so few hours of sleep and fatigue. And I think, I think those are kind of from the sounds of it, all the things are going to touch on. So I really wanted to, uh, address that, um, and put that out there. Uh, I personally have never read anything that this magazine has read before. So, I mean, if you open it up and you're like, uh, oh, this magazine sucks, I can't speak for that. But what I can tell you is that they're addressing something that's very close to my heart, which, which is mental health and the fisheries. Um, one could argue that I wrote my book because of my own battles with, uh, with mental health and depression. And so, um, uh, people who know me, I'm very open and honest about these things. I have struggled on and off over the years with depression. And, um, the only place where I really ever felt right was offshore was on the water, you know, and on the ocean, it never, it, it never confronted me, you know, like it just never got me. But it, it, but depression would find me in the back corners. Um, would definitely always find me at the bottle of a, uh, a, a bottle of alcohol by myself. And so, I have really worked on the la- myself the last couple of years. I'm focusing on what my what makes me tick, and uh, try to um, set myself up to not repeat those same type of things. And uh, hopefully, uh. Hopefully that some of the stuff they're going to address because there's no doubt that in the fishing culture um, there is a huge room for improvement on um, 
uh, mental health and probably addiction. I don't know if addiction will be spoken of, but I have a feeling that will probably be addressed. Um, uh, you know, there's just so much of it in our industry. I hate to keep mentioning that like it's a Debbie Downer, but you know, I, there's just, every time I talk to a fisherman, everyone knows another fisherman that, that, that's had, um, has lost the battle with their demons on land. So, you know, I think like for me, I've discovered that, you know, when I, you know, for me, I, I, my demons are best solved offshore without a doubt. My happy place is the water. And I know I started even getting kind of weird. Like I'm already not that normal of a guy. So, but after about like a couple of weeks, if, you know, if I haven't gone fishing for two or three weeks, I'm a strange character and it's definitely time to get out there. So, um, I can't imagine that I'm alone in that department because I know there are so, so many uh, fishermen that are just absolutely passionate about fishing. So um, that was something I definitely wanted to shed a light on, something that our industry needs more attention in anyways. Um, okay, let's see. Oh, I've got another question here uh, pertaining to the book I should have mentioned. What is the best way... To write a book. Well, again, I think everyone will kind of find their own system. But for me, stuff it, Zuckerberg. I think uh, I, I think fuck off Facebook for for a little while until uh, you get it done. You will be amazed how much time that you will find for yourself to write. If you devoted the same amount of time to uh, typing on your phone or uh, or writing stuff down in a notebook, you would be amazed that you would probably very quickly have a book. For me, when I got off social media, um, or I greatly limited myself, I had a book uh, in front of me in under six months uh, that was 300 pages long. So I highly recommend that. And you know, that's just a good thing for life in general too. Um, and not to be a hypocrite because I do like to post fish photos. I'm, I mean, and I love looking at fish stories and I love I love the connection that social media brings to other fishermen. I get to see catches from a lot of my favorite places in the world. I get to see places I've never gone before and I want to go. So on that hand, it's really inspiring and it's uh, really, uh, really pretty addictive. I, I mean, I get it. Like, I really do. I get it. I see these incredible catches. I'm like, man, I want to go there. I want to go there. I want to go there. But one thing I think is really important, and, and this sounds like cliche, but just try and remember that our ultimate gift a lot of times is the present, you know, like really try and focus on what we have around us because we have a lot of great things going on, a lot of great fishing right out our doors. I mean, maybe it's not the million pounder, but, you know, <clears throat> it's very easy, although the first hard part is the first step, but, you know, you know, put down that cell phone grab a fishing rod and no matter where you are i think you'll find a lot more freedom um in that fishing rod than you will anything you find on social media so that that's a big one for me i have really really worked on that personally i will be the first to admit that it's very easy to get sucked down that wormhole so um you know i'm not saying uh don't look at those things all together but if you find that social media if is is just consuming too much of your time and you're not going fishing, um, you're not doing the things you love because you're sucked into your couch instead of like stuck into a fish. Um, I suggest maybe just taking a little break, you know, and I, and I understand even if that means stop following me, I get it because at the end of the day, you only have one life and, uh, make sure that you do your best to really appreciate it. Um, I think we all struggle with that sometimes, but, 
that's my best advice. Uh, the other thing is too, uh, for writing a book, uh, it's like anything. If you need um, some help, um, don't be afraid to ask. Mental health, you know, mental health, uh, you know, book writing. There are people who are proficient and uh, experts in these things. Go see one. If uh, you know, if you're having issues at home, maybe go see a therapist. If you're having issues writing a book, as far as um, you know, I'm not good enough, or you know, my content sucks, or I'm not structured. Like for me, spelling is a huge issue. Okay, and 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 even early on, and still to today, you know, there, 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 and like all these things, they seem simple, but you know, for some of us who struggle with spelling, um, or, or or for me, it's less so spelling. It it it's more so um, punctuation. And I know the internet can be a cruel, cruel world. You want to put something out there that, that it really is heartful and meaningful and you put a little story and it can be a great story about your catch and then some fucking asshole chimes in there, there, there or they comment like, you know, a simple misspelling but you were you were writing something you were passionate about and you really loved and, and then next thing you know, you kind of shut down because of this one dickhead that commented on misspelling. So, you know... I say let it flow, let it be raw. I think there's people who want to read it. There's people who, who need it. And as you get closer to a book and, you know, there's a learning curve on all this stuff, there are editors out there that are very affordable. There are writing coaches that are extremely affordable. There are a lot of great people out there. You just kind of have to look. And it's like any business. Yeah, there are some fucking promised just like biggest dickheads ever. And you'll know pretty quickly when you talk to them that they aren't people you want to work with. I think that's true with like any boat, anything you do in life, you pretty quickly get a vibe. And I would just go with your vibe. You know, like if you meet with an editor and they're just tearing your stuff up, like maybe they just don't get you. Like they don't, they don't really understand that might not be the right person to work with. Um, I say bounce your idea off, uh, bounce your idea off multiple people um, you know, there's, there, there's not really any money in writing a book. Like for me, I wrote a book because, uh, I, I was struggling with depression following my divorce and it was my outlet for me. I rediscovered, uh, I rediscovered writing, um, after, after, after many, many years, I stopped sharing anything, um, for almost 20 years that I wrote because I had a professor who just absolutely tore me apart. And that's a real shame because when you get older, you know, when you get older, sometimes you look at things at different angles and you realize, hey, I wasn't really the one who, uh, who didn't, you know, I wasn't really the one with the issue here. I mean, I can remember the, the professor and you'll probably hear me say this m- many times, but this man had written on my paper that I wrote romantically about a place that possessed no romance. And that was the ocean. And I, and I thought to myself, my God, if the fucking ocean doesn't have any romance, I don't know anything about life. And uh, basically, I wrote this story. It was called The, uh, the, uh, the American Fisherman. And he flunked my life. He failed my life. And it was, I, it was supposed to be like a 20-page paper. It ended up being like 75. And maybe it was too much, but I just like let it all flow. And, uh, you know, yeah, he just, yeah, he just ripped me apart. And then I didn't write for years and years and years. And I started writing again at the recommendation of a therapist. And I have found it really freeing. And the other thing that I have found in my writing is that I've met other people. I get I get a lot of messages and stuff that, hey, that really hit a chord. And the next thing you know, like, I wasn't so alone anymore. You know, there, there was just a lot of times following my divorce where I, I just, 
I felt like I was the only person in the world. I was sitting in this house that used to be a home all by myself and, you know, it was just kind of there with my own demons and I and I just didn't think there was anyone there. And I and I and I started writing and I would put up these kind of little passages and then I would get responses. And then the next thing you know, it's like, oh, I'm not the only one who's going through this. I'm not the only one that went through this. And so I just started writing. So my book is about fishing, but really it's more about it's really more about getting in and out of the dark places in our life. And uh, we all get in these terribly dark spots and it's how we traverse these areas and how we get out of them that really matters in my opinion. So anyways, if there's anyone out there who needs help with writing or anything that's going on with your life, do not be afraid to ask. And I, one thing I will really, really emphasize here is that most of the people you admire, like close friends, are probably a lot more willing to help you than you'd ever guess. You're probably just intimidated, but they're probably a lot more helping, a lot more willing to help you than, than you might think. Because I have found that uh, the people that we spend our time around, that we look up to, we admire, they really do want to do everything in their power to uh, help uh, prevent some of the same train wrecks they've had in their life. So reach out to someone you respect. Um, be careful about the advice from people that uh, may not have the best intentions for you. Um, that That is one thing I can say. Um, in the book world, in the book world, shop around a little bit uh, as, as far as uh, getting an editor uh, or getting a writing coach. There's a lot of great people out there. And I think after a couple quick conversations with them, you'll know I needed that. Like I said, not great at spelling. I, I know the stories in my heart because I, 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 I bleed fishing, but technically not great. So I did. I needed help. No shame. I have uh, I got a uh, I got an editor and a writing coach to help me with um, with, uh, with with spelling and with um, particularly punctuation. I was terrible at that. So. I guess that's my little rant for the day. Um, be true to yourself. Don't be afraid to get help. Uh, keep the questions coming. I will set up something for uh, t-shirts so it's much easier for people to get them. Again, over the moon, appreciative, and um, just, I, I just, I'm amazed, honestly. I'm really amazed that so many people care about one man and his boat out in the middle of nowhere. So, it's really nice to know that we kind of have this family going and that uh, us fishermen are a brethren, like I've always said. And um, sometimes it's kind of hard to tell when you might be competitive with the guy right down the dock. But uh, there's a lot of us out there. And uh, there's a lot of us going through the same thing. And uh, yeah, if you have any questions, any uh, comments, you want to reach out to me. It's uh, Vicious Cycle Fishing on Instagram is probably the best way to get a hold of me. And um, again, on that Haikai, I, I may be pronouncing that wrong. It's H-A-K-A-I Magazine, March 25th, 2021 at 1130 Vancouver time. And that will take a little bit of research myself to figure out when that is. There is a Zoom meeting if you click on their, uh, their, their, their website about fishermen and their mental health. Um, thanks, guys. I really appreciate your time. I know that uh, time is our most valuable commodity. So the fact that you're giving me, me your time... Thank you very much. Aloha.